just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Friday. we got a weekend ahead of us. We still have some things coming up today. It's been a crazy week, as they always are. But today we are going to get some information about this whole bullshit process where Donald Trump's lawyers want a special master when it came to investigating the documents that he stole and lied about and kept in Mar-a-Lago. He's not going to win this thing. And the judge that was thinking about appointing a special master is probably going to back out of this. If she's smart, if she's not, well, then she's going to run into uh, a lot of other problems. But we'll talk about that in a moment. I just wanted to give you a quick update. I got a lot of people asking me about the uh, surgery I talked about that already, that I had it done. Uh, Yesterday, I went for my one-day checkup to make sure everything is working all right and everything is taking all right. And uh, fortunately, the doctor said, everything looks good, everything looks cool. Things are settling down with that left eye, and now I can see completely and I can read with that eye. As I said, I've got a weird situation um, in my right eye. I had the lens replaced for cataract, and I can see very well in the distance. In my left eye, I can see up close so I can read things on a sheet of paper or on a computer without the cheater glasses. So I got exactly what I'd hoped for. It all went well. I feel good. They gave me a bunch of pills for nausea, but I never even had nausea. I'm just taking these drops and putting them in my eyes for the next couple of months. And all should be good. So if you were concerned about it or had uh, a compulsion to ask me about it, I'll just say up front, everything went well, exactly like what I expected. And a day after the surgery, I feel really good and I'm starting to be able to see like I haven't seen before. You have to, you have to understand, my left eye was completely clouded, so I couldn't see anything. And that was a weird uh, dynamic, a weird experience. And now it's just a pleasure to now have peripheral vision on my left side. I can actually see things on my left side. So all's good. I'm fine. There are no problems with regards to that surgery. Everything went well as expected. Now, before we get into the political aspects of what's been going on, and there's a lot of shit going on, I wanted to talk about... uh, Another story that's kind of a little bit of a departure of the things we talk about, but I feel it's important because we're seeing more and more of these things happening. And uh, it may do with climate change, it may do with infrastructure, but it's important to talk about because this is something we may see more of as time goes on. Now, approximately 180,000 residents in Jackson, Mississippi, have indefinitely 
indefinitely. We don't know when it's going to come back. They've lost access to reliable running water after excessive rainfall and flooding. The rising floodwaters breached the city's main water treatment facility, bringing it to the brink of collapse. A state of emergency has been declared, and schools, restaurants, businesses, they have been temporarily closed. This is a big deal. It's a huge deal. We've seen something similar to this, well, in a different way, up in Michigan, of course, uh, in Flint, Michigan. I don't even know that that's completely fixed as yet. Now we've got this situation in Mississippi. Too much flooding, breached the uh, water facility, and now they've got all this tainted water, and now nobody can drink the water. They've got people bringing in bottled water, of course. But how does something like this happen in this day and age? Well, one of the ways it happens is that we don't keep up with the infrastructure. And as you know, up until recently, when Joe Biden and the Democrats passed the infrastructure bill, Nothing had really been done. We'd known for decades that the infrastructure needs to be addressed. But the Republicans never found a reason to really go after it. And when they finally voted this infrastructure bill into action, it's important to remember that no Republicans, zero Republicans voted. None of them agreed that we needed some infrastructure work after decades and decades and decades of ignoring it. And when you ignore it, this is the kind of thing that happens. What's interesting is that Mississippi is a red state. Um, Tate Reeves is the governor. He's kind of a Trump-humping piece of shit. And I'm curious as to what he's going to say now. He wasn't a big fan of the infrastructure bill, of course, because he was a Republican. And now his state... The city of Jackson is suffering. I mean, can you imagine what it's like to all of a sudden say you have no water? I've kind of experienced it where I'm at, not for the same reason, but there might have been some plumbing issues. And uh, they had the water turned off in my complex for like a day and a half. You never really understand how debilitating that is until it happens. Now, of course, my situation, nothing like those people in uh, in Mississippi. But you can't take a shower. You can't cook. You can't wash the dishes. You can't wash clothes. You can't do anything. Anything having to do with water, either you have to bring in bottled water or you have to go someplace else to wash your clothes or what have you. It's really a pain in the ass. Okay, I know it's not as bad as having the Wi-Fi go down, but it's fucking problematic, no question about it. But what I wanted to mention about this, this partially has something to do with infrastructure. And there are many things in this country that are hanging by a thread because we haven't addressed the infrastructure. Now, of course, this new bill will address those things, but it takes time to get it working and get things worked on, and get things finished. So we have some lag time before a lot of the problems we have in this country are attended to. But here's my question. This is something we've known for decades. 
And as much as the Republicans didn't vote for this infrastructure bill, where was the infrastructure bill 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 or 50 years ago, when we knew this was something we needed to address? Now, keep in mind, in that time period, we had Republicans in control, but we also had Democrats in control. Why is it that neither side thought there was any need for infrastructure? when we know that we were crumbling as a country. It's kind of the same way when you ask, with all this time that the Democrats have been in power at any time in the last 50 years, why did they not codify Roe v. Wade? We wouldn't be in this situation had they not codified, or had they codified Roe v. Wade. I'll tell you what the deal is. And this is all politicians. This isn't just Democrats or Republicans or independents. When these people are in office, they deal with those things they think will get them elected, whatever the hot button is. And apparently, over the decades, both Democrats and Republicans thought infrastructure wasn't that important. I mean, they knew it was important to the safety of this country. But they didn't think it was going to get them votes or get them money and donations and that sort of thing. So they focused on all the other bullshit. Of course, the Republicans focused on overturning Roe v. Wade. And um, now, of course, with, with, with the Republicans, they should have learned the lesson of be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. The fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned prior to the midterm election is really fucking them up. There are people, Republicans, who are running for office all over the country, scrubbing their websites, because now, just now, they're realizing how bad overturning Roe v. Wade is going to affect their election. So whether we're talking about infrastructure, Roe v. Wade, or what have you, Our problem in this country really has been that our politicians only focus on those things that will help them get what they want, votes and money. And this is what has to change. And this is why I've said before, if the Democrats win in the midterms and they have control of the House and the Senate and they expand the majority, they have the power. Now, they're talking a good game now, and Joe Biden, let's be perfectly honest, he passed more bills in two years than any president in history. But what happens if they get total power? What happens if they don't have the Republicans knocking on their door? Will they still be as adamant as they have been as far as getting the goods for the people of this country? Well, I hope so, but I'm not convinced, because if you look over the years, Neither side has been very, um, they, they, they haven't been willing to help the middle class or this country or climate change without some kind of incentive. Now, the incentive the Democrats have now is to beat the Republicans in the midterms. I get that. But will they still have that incentive should they beat the Republicans in the midterms? Now, maybe I'm being cynical here, which wouldn't surprise anybody because I'm a cynical motherfucker. But I'm only cynical because of what we know from history and how people have reacted. 
I'm a firm believer that in the midterms, the Democrats are going to take control of the House and the Senate, and they're going to expand their uh, majorities. That's a good thing. That's a first step, though. But we have to understand, people always ask me, what are you going to do if Donald Trump just goes away, goes to jail, and he's not an issue anymore? What are you going to talk about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Democrats and pushing their ass to do what they're supposed to do, because I'm not convinced that they will. I hope I'm wrong. I think maybe I am wrong. But uh, it's hard to trust politicians, as we know over the years. There have been plenty of Republicans, of course, and they are a dumpster fire now. But over the years, we had some situation with Democrats where we weren't able to count on them. So we have a problem in Jackson, Mississippi. Nobody has water. Now, maybe you live in a different state, different city. doesn't bother you. But these kinds of things could happen to you, too. We have to be on top of it, regardless of who is suffering, even if it might be in a red state. That's what good people do. That's what people with decency do. And I'm anxious to find out once the Democrats win in the midterms, and I'm convinced they will, will they still keep it up? That's a question. And I think that's a really good question because of what we've seen throughout history. Anyway, I wanted to bring that up. I uh, have empathy for the folks in Jackson, Mississippi. This is a difficult situation. This is akin to uh, Texas when they lost power on the grid. And they were struggling. Uh, Fortunately, in this situation, we can bring in bottled water, and that helps. But at the very least in this country, everybody should have water and have clean, safe water. That means Jackson, Mississippi, Flint, Michigan, or anywhere in this country. If it can happen in Flint, Michigan, and it can happen in Jackson, Mississippi, trust me, it can happen where you live. And if it does happen... You'll understand what I'm saying, how debilitating this is. So with regards to Jackson, Mississippi, we should all band together, whether they be red or blue, and try to help out. Try to help our brothers out up until the time where they can get things fixed. All right. Enough said about that. Let's talk about politics, and there's all kinds of shit going on. Of course, we know the situation with the uh, top secret the top-secret SC documents that Donald Trump stole, took out of Mar-a-Lago, or took out out of the White House, brought to Mar-a-Lago, gave some back and said, hey, I don't have any more. Then we find out, well, he does have some more. So then as Donald Trump does, he tries to delay or confuse or create chaos whenever he's caught in the middle of something. So they said, you've got to release the search warrant. So they did. And what did it do? It fucked up Donald Trump a little bit. Then it was the affidavit. Oh, yeah, go ahead and release the affidavit. And I said, before they did, I I said, Republicans don't want this. This isn't a good thing. This is just a ploy because they think it's not going to be released. Well, of course, they released it. And, of course, it was very bad for Donald Trump and the Republicans. So now... They try to delay it even further when Donald Trump's uh, lawyers send out a document saying we need a special master, somebody that is uh, 
unfair, I guess, or or um, non-biased, because apparently he thinks the uh, DOJ is biased somehow for Joe Biden. And I understand that. I mean, because clearly when Donald Trump was in office, the DOJ was biased and even cheated for Donald Trump. So for him to think the Democrats have the same situation kind of makes sense in his head, his fucked up head, because as far as he knows, that's true. We know that's not true. So this special master they're asking for is really more of a delay tactic. Um, But anyway... The DOJ then is required to respond. And unfortunately, what happened to Donald Trump and what happened to the Republicans in this case, as predicted by many, by releasing that document, they were giving out more information that proved Donald Trump was was uh, guilty of a crime and also gave some other information as to why they went in there. And when they described that, it was clear they had no choice. Donald Trump can say, well, all they had to do was ask, we'll give it to them. But the fact of the matter is it took seven months of prodding and prodding, and then they finally had to search the premises. And the reason they searched the premises, because people around Donald Trump, Republicans, told them that there is more. So, once again, Donald Trump and his lawyers fuck up. He doesn't have the best lawyers. So now Donald Trump responds to that response by the DOJ concerning not wanting to have the special master. I mean, the fact of the matter is they've already gone through all the documents. They've even done the filtering system to filter out those situations with client um, uh, attorney-client privileges. They're also talking about executive privilege, which isn't a thing. It's not true. Donald Trump has no executive privilege because he's no longer a sitting president of the United States. So former President Donald Trump argued in court yesterday that the National Archives should have expected to find classified material among the 15 boxes. Trump turned over in January from the Mar-a-Lago because they were presidential records. <laughs> that's that's typical of Donald Trump. Yeah, I committed a crime. I showed it to you. But where the problem lies here is they decided that he had more, asked for them to be returned to, and they said, no, we don't have any, to the point where two lawyers drafted a document saying that, swore to it, and signed it. So this puts them in all kinds of trouble, unless, of course, they're just repeating a lie by Donald Trump. So what's going to happen is these lawyers are going to be indicted. And if they're not indicted because they're just repeating what Donald Trump said, now they're going to have to throw Donald Trump under the bus. They are fucked and truly fucked. So... The filing is closing written legal argument before a critical hearing today. Acknowledged that classified material was found at Mar-a-Lago, but argued that it should not have caused for alarm and should not have led to the search of Trump's Florida residence earlier this month. <laughs> so he's saying, yeah, I did it, 
but it shouldn't surprise you. I was the president. Well, no, you weren't the president when they found out that you had this stuff. There is no legitimate reason for Donald Trump to have this stuff. To, to date, he hasn't been able to explain why he had these documents. Trump's new filing on Wednesday is his platform to formally respond to prosecutors' assertions that members of his legal team engaged in obstructive conduct by concealing documents at his Florida resort and by providing untrue information to investigators about how many classified documents remained. Painting the probe as politically charged given Trump's potential run as a candidate in 2024. He scoffed at the idea that the DOJ could be entrusted with the responsibility of evaluating its unjustified pursuit of criminalization of former president's possessions of of personal and presidential records in a secure setting. Well, first of all, we know it wasn't a secure setting. It is a fucking resort where all kinds of people have gone through there. And now we're finding out that there were, in fact, um, some potential spies just bouncing around Mar-a-Lago. This was not a secure location. And again, we go back to the point that these are top, top secret documents. There is no explanation as to why he would have them. So he can throw out this bullshit, but it's not going to do anything unless this judge is totally unhinged or totally um, compromised by Donald Trump. She might do it. The Justice Department had said in court filings that the search was undertaken after the FBI developed evidence that Trump's team had concealed materials after claiming all classified materials had been turned over in June. He flat out lied to the Department of Justice. And regardless of what kind of lie you tell the Department of Justice, that in itself is illegal. The purported justification for the initiation of this criminal probe was the alleged discovery of sensitive uh, information contained within 15 boxes of presidential records, Trump's lawyers wrote. But this discovery was to be fully anticipated given the very nature of presidential records. Simply put, the notion that the presidential records would contain sensitive information should also have never been a cause for alarm. They're not saying that they shouldn't have searched the home and taken them. What they're saying is, well, you shouldn't have been surprised. You shouldn't have been upset. Of course we have this. Problem is, is no other president has done this. So to suggest that you had every right to do it is absolutely ridiculous. Goes on, terrible the way FBI during the raid of Mar-a-Lago threw documents haphazardly all over the floor, perhaps pretending it was me that did it. Now, you remember seeing the picture probably online where they had these top-secret documents laying all over the floor. He's suggesting that the FBI did it to make them look bad. Of course, that's what he says. And then started taking pictures of them for the public to see, thought they wanted them kept secret. Lucky I declassified. (laughs) The photos, however, don't show top-secret information, but only the cover page for top-secret documents, nor is there any evidence that the documents were, in fact, declassified. There has to be some evidence of that. 
You know, there has to be some paperwork. Other people have to know. And when we're talking about top secret SC documents, the president alone can't declassify it. This whole concept of him declassifying documents is so fucking ridiculous. It shouldn't even be addressed any fucking more. There are also no references in the 19-page filing submitted Wednesday to declassification. Now, he just said he declassified them, but in this 19-page memo that they submitted in response to the DOJ, they didn't bother to mention the declassification, mainly because they can't prove it, and it was never done. People around him that worked for Donald Trump has said as much. that They never saw anything like that. In one passage, Trump's lawyers write the Justice Department's filing Tuesday included a photograph of alleged classified materials. The dueling court filings are in a civil lawsuit that Trump filed earlier this month as part of his attempt to get a special master appointed to review documents that the FBI seized from Mar-a-Lago. Federal prosecutors oppose this request, claim it would impede the ongoing criminal investigation and the intelligence community's review of any national security risk and want the suit dismissed. Should a special master be appointed, Trump filing argued, it would be appropriate for the special master to possess a top-secret SCI security clearance, an implicit admission of the top-level classified markings on the document. See, that's the thing. You can hire a special master, but this has to be a really special master because they have to be cleared for top-secret SCI security clearance. And you're not going to find a judge that is in that position. So then you have to put them through the process to be cleared. And, of course, that can take months and months. So you see what Donald Trump is doing. It's just another delay tactic. But what the DOJ sent in response to the judge's consideration of a uh, special master pretty much outed a lot of what Donald Trump didn't want out there, a lot of legal information that implicates him even more. So once again, Donald Trump fucked himself over. Trump's legal team said the government should provide both the special master and Trump himself with copies of the materials the FBI sees. (laughs) We heard this earlier. Donald Trump wants the documents back. I should be able to look at them. I fucking stole them. What a fucking idiot. The former president is also seeking a copy of the search warrant and an unredacted copy of the materials used to obtain it, which would include the affidavit that was released last week in redacted form. Two problems there. He should already have the search warrant. They leave him with the search warrant when they do the search. They have to provide it. So he has the search warrant. It's just bullshit. Now, as far as the unredacted affidavit, of course they're not going to give that up because, well, there are names of people that maybe threw Donald Trump under the bus, names of people that are spies or foreign assets. And we know what Donald Trump will do that. Donald Trump, of course, will uh, do his witness tampering, which is actually threatening people's lives that had the audacity to speak against him. 
The Justice Department also previously pushed back against Trump's allegation that the prosecutors maliciously transformed a dispute over the Toothless Presidential Records Act into a full-blown criminal investigation. See, this is what I don't get. They say, well, there's, there's no way to enforce the Presidential Records Act. Well, that's bullshit. We know they can't. We know that if you're convicted of violating the Presidential Records Act, it's a $100,000 fine, you're in jail, and you can never run for office again. So where they get that this is toothless is just more bullshit they're pushing out there to try to confuse the issue. Prosecutors said Tuesday in the court filing that this investigation is not simply about efforts to recover improperly retained presidential records. See, that's the thing. It's not just about that. They referenced the search warrant, which a judge approved after finding probable cause for the Espionage Act, criminal handling of government records, and obstruction of justice. Each one of those are serious crimes. And uh, Donald Trump is guilty of every one of them. I can say that because we know what happened here. He took documents out of the White House, brought them to Mar-a-Lago. Crime. Presidential Records Act. Then the DOJ came down and said, we want those back. He gave some back and he said he didn't have any more. But he did because more, a lot more, was grabbed up in the search. So now he's lied to the DOJ. Crime two. Then we look at the documents that were in his possession, these top-secret SCI documents and the top-secret documents. Nobody should have those. In fact, they shouldn't be out of a very protected room because of potential danger. Then what Donald Trump does is he brings it to Mar-a-Lago, a place that's not a secure facility. He's got all kinds of people walking in and out of rooms. He's got potential spies there. We know of a couple, at least, that are suspected being spies uh, that were in Mar-a-Lago. There's a reason why you don't take documents out of a skiff because they are very sensitive and they are very damaging to this country. But somehow, Donald Trump felt as though they were his documents and he could take them wherever he wants. Well, unfortunately, Donald Trump was fucking mistaken. They weren't his documents. And whatever kind of word salad bullshit that they want to put out there is fine. But none of it, none of it makes any fucking sense. Donald Trump can't get out of this. He th- See, he thinks he's very smart and that he can talk his way out of anything or at least confuse things enough where he'll get away with it or at least cause delay. That may have been the case when he was president and he had some power, but he is no longer president. He has zero power. He has no executive privilege because that's only with a sitting president. So Donald Trump is clearly fucked in this situation and fucked in a big way. He can rattle his mouth. His lawyers can talk shit. But I got to tell you what, somebody suggested something for those two lawyers. When they signed that paperwork that said there was no more documents and then there were, uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody suggested, yeah, maybe your attorneys should get good attorneys. And, uh, some, I heard somebody on TV, I can't remember who, who did this, it was a lawyer, 
And he said MAGA stands for um, what? What is it? Uh, MAGA stands for MAGA's MAGA attorneys getting attorneys. <laughs> I, you know, I've told you this before. Donald Trump is going to get nailed. There is no question about it. He will get indicted. But there is going to be a whole shitstorm of people around Donald Trump that helped Donald Trump, that supported Donald Trump, that are going to get hit with indictments too. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Now, Here's something that a lot of us, I think, have thought about, and we haven't heard much reported in the news about this. Two of Donald Trump's former top advisors said Monday they suspect the former president could have more classified documents stored at his estate in Bedminster, New Jersey, and other properties. I have been saying this since the FBI raid, Michael Cohen, Trump's former fixer and personal attorney, tweeted Wednesday. I believe Trump has copies, potentially other documents as well, at other locations, including his children's homes, Ellen Weisselberg's Florida home, Bedminster, New Jersey's golf course, Fifth Avenue apartment, etc., John Bolton, who served as Trump's White House National Security Advisor, said he wouldn't be surprised if there were more highly classified documents at Bedminster or some other residence. Justice Department prosecutors told a federal judge in a filing late Tuesday that Trump and his team repeatedly failed to hand over classified documents to the government and that their efforts to keep those documents at Trump's Mar-a-Lago compound amounted to obstruction of its criminal investigation. During an August 8th search of the Florida resort, of course, they recovered all kinds of documents. But that's just Florida. I mean, the fact of the matter is Donald Trump wasn't even in Florida when they searched the Florida home. He was in New Jersey. Since we know that Donald Trump had occasion, while being president of packing up these boxes of documents and taking him with him to foreign countries for whatever fucking reason. Is it hard to imagine that he loaded the plane up or the helicopter up and brought stuff up to New Jersey or his kids' homes or Alan Weisselberg's home? It's not at all impossible to consider that. And I'm hoping the DOJ is thinking about that, too, because as long as Donald Trump has these top-secret documents, our country and many individuals are at risk. Trump has argued that he declassified the documents before taking them there, but authorities have not uncovered or disclosed any evidence to support that claim. In fact, as I said, people around him said, yeah, that didn't happen. The former president has numerous residents around the country. He often spends part of the year at his Bedminster Golf Club. Actually, as we're getting into the fall, he'll probably be headed back down to Mar-a-Lago, assuming he still owns these properties, you know, with the stuff going up in the Manhattan District about his business affairs. He might be getting some of these, if not all of these, properties confiscated because he's going to owe a lot of money, a lot of money. 
Here's something interesting, and this is something I would have expected to happen much earlier, but apparently Trump lafucks are stupid motherfuckers. Some Republican candidates are trying to publicly distance themselves from former President Trump, just as President Biden is beginning to see small signs of Democrats more openly embracing him. Trump endorsed candidates including Pennsylvania Republican Senate nominee Dr. Oz and Arizona Attorney General nominee Abe Hamada. They have scrubbed all aspects of Trump's presence from their Twitter accounts following the primary victories. They needed him for the primaries, but now he is a, uh, he's a, no longer an asset to him, to them, when it comes to the general election. So now they're scrubbing all these things as if they can scrub themselves clean, but they can't. We know that Dr. Oz and these other folks were endorsed by Donald Trump. We know that they've talked about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and they were for it. But now they're seeing that uh, being for overturning Roe v. Wade isn't a good political strategy. I mean, who knew? We know that 75% of the country supported Roe v. Wade, and somehow these dumbass Republicans didn't look into that prior to them overturning Roe v. Wade. And now they're going, oh my God, that, that's not going to work for us. Any one of us could have fucking told them that. Jesus. In Arizona, Republican Senate nominee Blake Masters removed language from his campaign website asserting that if the 2020 presidential election had been a free and fair election, President Donald Trump would be sitting in the Oval Office today and America would be so much better off. I love how they say that. Joe Biden's ruining this country. Well, wait a minute. Jobs reports are better than ever. Stock market's doing all right. Inflation is coming down. Gas prices is coming down. He passed more bills in two years to benefit middle class folks than any president in history. I'd love to ask them, where, where did he fuck up? What, what's, what's he doing wrong? I have a feeling they don't have an answer for that. At the same time, Democratic nominees in key swing states of Ohio and Pennsylvania are planning to appear with Biden in upcoming weeks. Now, keep in mind, Biden was getting all kinds of shit about his poll numbers being down. Well, they've jumped up about 7% in the last week or so. He's up around 44, 45 now, which is respectable. Of course, it's not unusual for candidates to downplay some of more controversial positions they may have staked out during a partisan primaries that tend to attract parties' most loyal and idea ideological voters. See, this is what I've said before. That's why I said earlier in the podcast. Politicians, whether they be Democrat or Republican, don't support things that are necessarily in the best interest of the people, which is, you know, frankly, their fucking job. They only support things that uh, help them get votes and uh, raise money. That's the unfortunate thing here. And while they were in the primaries, 
Donald Trump was a big help to them because it was all about Republicans voting. But now we're looking at the general election, and it's a different story. And you're going to see a lot of politicians backing off of Donald Trump, or at least trying to, because they're seeing it's been detrimental to their efforts to win their election. The problem is, is, as I've said before, they've waited too fucking long. No one's ever going to believe that Donald Trump wasn't tied to Dr. Oz or J.D. Vance or any of these fucking clowns. They've waited too long. It's already been exposed and people know. And Republicans aren't erasing their ties to Trump completely. Oz's campaign website still prominently features a picture of the former president and notes that he's been endorsed by Trump. Master's website, meanwhile, features a badge on its homepage reading, Trump Endorsed. Trump is set to hold a rally in Pennsylvania on Saturday for Oz and Republican gubernatorial nominee Doug Mastriana who is worse than Dr. Oz. The endorsement is the first endorsement listed on our website, and we have changed the banner to thank Pennsylvanians after the recount was completed. Brittany Yannick, a spokesperson for Oz, said in a statement to the publication The Hill. But taking steps, even small ones, to create distance from Trump indicates at least some unease about the effect the former president could have on candidates' abilities to attract crucial voting blocks. Strategists say GOP nominees may need to walk a tightrope. Because if they walk it back too far, they're going to miss or they're going to piss off Donald Trump, and then that's going to spell problems for them. I got to be honest, if I was running for election right now, the last thing I'd want to be is a Republican because they don't know what to fucking do. They don't know if they're coming or going. Do I support Donald Trump? Is that a win for me? Do I not support Donald Trump because he's become a disability? They don't know. The fact is, you and I, logical, reasonably minded folks, know they should step away from Donald Trump. But as I say, it's far too late for that. Republican candidates, especially those who tied themselves closely to Trump during the primaries, could put themselves at risk by drawing the ire of the former president. See, that's the other thing. If they walk back on Donald Trump, now Trump's going to get pissed off. Look, you run the campaign you need to run in order to win, one former Trump campaign aide said. Which, what he's saying is there, do whatever the fuck you have to do to get votes doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be righteous. Just whatever you have to do, lie, cheat, and steal, just get the votes. I think what's so dangerous about that, though, is that a lot of these candidates still need to square that with the fact that they won their primaries in the first place because of Trump. He's still the most popular person in their party, and the base is still going to matter in the general election. They are going to matter, but they don't amount to much. They don't amount to a big enough a big enough uh, number of people. We're talking like 30% of the people. Keith Naughton, a veteran Republican strategist, said that the risk could be worth the reward. While Trump remains deeply popular among the GOP's most conservative voters, he could prove to be a liability for GOP candidates, especially in states that Trump lost in the 2020 presidential election. You think? The guy was part of mounting a coup to take over the country, to overthrow democracy. Uh, 
And then to top it off, he stole top-secret documents and presumably was selling them to our adversarial countries, or at least using them for leverage. And you think that might hurt him in the election? Yeah, I yeah, I think you're right. I think that will probably be a problem, not only for Democrats, but the independents. There aren't enough Republicans, so they need the independents. How many independents do you think are actually going to vote for Donald Trump? And to be perfectly honest, some of the Republicans, some of the Republicans of this country, are going to have to think twice about it. Do you side with a treasonous? Do you side with somebody that tried to overthrow the government? As the January 6th hearings start up again in September, and as we find out more about these documents that he stole, there's a lot of people that have a a shred of decency and intelligence that will want to stand by and stand with Donald Trump. They just won't. So the Republicans aren't going to get the Democrats, of course. They're probably not going to get most of the independents. And in fact, they may lose some of the Republicans as well. So they've got that to deal with that. And as further proof that the Republicans are losing a step, here's a, here's a fun story. Sarah Palin, remember her? If you look at it, when she was vice presidential candidate with uh, McCain, she kind of started this whole crazy conspiracy theory bullshit fucking campaign. She was kind of the start of this. She paved the way for the likes of Donald Trump and all these other crazy fucks. Well, she was the governor of Alaska when she ran for vice president. But Sarah Palin yesterday lost her bid for a political comeback Wednesday, falling in the uh, the special election to fill the remainder of the late Congressman Don Young's tour, term. Now, Don Young was a Republican. Sarah Palin is a Republican. The woman who won the election, this special election, and will take over the seat, is a Democrat. Congressman Don Young had been in Congress for like 50 years. That's like 25 different uh, re-elections. He'd been there for 50 years. Sarah Palin thought she'd step in and step in his shoes and be the next Republican to take over. Keep in mind, fucking Alaska is a serious red state. Palin was in a three-way runoff with fellow Republican Nick Begich, grandson of a former holder of the seat and nephew of former Senator, Alaska Senator Mark Begich, as well as Democrat Mary Peltola, the surprise winner. Now, not only is she a woman, not only is she a Democrat, but she is also a native This is the first time in 50 years that you've got a Democrat, the first time in history in Alaska that you have a woman who's a person of color. This is a big deal. How does that happen? Well, it happens when Donald Trump makes his name and his presence 
the key to elections. As much as people might want to be Republicans, they don't want to tie themselves to Donald Trump. So now Alaska, who had been represented by Republicans for years and years and years, 50-plus years, now they're representative by, of all things, a woman, a person of color, who's a Democrat. It tells you a lot about what's going on with the Republicans and the impact Donald Trump is having on elections. And this is what you're going to see during the general elections. Donald Trump is not going to be an asset. He is going to work against those people in the general elections, partially because he's endorsing some of the craziest, stupidest motherfuckers you've ever seen. We know, of course, Palin burst onto the political scene in 2008 when she was picked by John McCain, a Republican senator from Arizona, to be his running mate for the White House. Palin, with her populist rhetoric and take-it-to-them energy, was meant to add excitement to the campaign, but instead led many to question McCain's judgment after she made a series of missteps. I'll be honest with you, I lost some respect for McCain when He agreed to have her as his vice presidential candidate. McCain wasn't a dumb guy. He was a smart guy. And there was a period of time when I wouldn't have had a problem with him being president. But when he was running in 2008 with Sarah Palin as a running mate, people started to question, is uh, John McCain all fucking there? And he did some things where he did kind of feel a little off kilter. Little did we know, years later, we'd find out he had a brain tumor, which ultimately killed him. So who knows where his head was at at that moment in time. Now, her primary finish, uh, Palin, her primary finish in the top four means she staved off a return to the political wilderness she experienced after McCain's 2008 loss and her resignation as governor of Alaska in 2009. Now, after that, she did various things to maintain a public profile. She was always yapping away, doing fucking something. And uh, she attempted to run for this uh, seat in the House of Representatives. And a bitch lost. And it couldn't happen to a better person. We don't need more crazy conspiracy theorists, stupid motherfuckers like Sarah Palin in Congress, in politics, in any way. You want to go back and be mayor of your shitty little town? Go ahead and do that. But you're not going to be a representative in the House. It's just not going to happen. And this has to be making the Republicans think hard and long about what's going on. They lost uh, a race, another special election earlier in a highly Republican situation where the Democrats won. These are all very telling about where the Republican Party currently is. Now, Biden will travel to Philadelphia for a speech at Independence Hall that the White House is dubbing the Soul of the Nation. Officials have offered a few details about the actual contents of the speech, but the decision to deliver it in prime time marks a new effort for Biden to go after what he and the White House have described as MAGA Republicans, a reference to former Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Yeah, you think? 
The president has been as clear as he can be on that particular piece. White House Press Secretary uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, and she told reporters that on Wednesday. When we talk about our democracy, when we talk about our freedoms, the way that he sees it is that the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Meaning, as much as many people in the Republican Party say, we don't side with that, these MAGA fucks do control the Republican Party. So you might have some normal, reasonably-minded people in the Republican Party, but there's enough that control the Republican Party where you can literally say the whole Republican Party is fucking crazy. They just don't respect the rule of law. You've heard that from the president, and they are pursuing an agenda that takes away people's rights. You don't believe me? Let's talk about overturning Roe v. Wade. They took away constitutional rights from 51% of this country, meaning women. Now, when we talk about our democracy, when we talk about our freedoms, the way he sees it, is that the MAGA Republicans are the problem. That's breaking that comment down. And that's exactly what he's going to say. Presidents rarely deliver major primetime speeches, typically only doing so to speak directly to the public about issues of major national concern. Now, here's the deal. Why is he doing it? Well, he's doing it for all the right reasons. i got to be honest with you. I've said this before in previous podcasts. Right now, the Democrats have the Republicans on the run. They have them on the defensive. As bullies, they've normally been on the offensive and bullied their way and rolled over the Democrats. Well, they're in a vulnerable position right now. So the smart thing to do for the Democrats is to ram it down their throat. Keep sticking them with the evidence of their crimes. Keep running over the top of them, talking about all the things that were done by the Democrats and all those things that not one Republican voted for. That says a lot. I mean, when people vote, they want to know that something's going to be done for them. Now, as much as you may not like some of the things that Joe Biden has done, at least he's doing something because the Republicans are doing zip, zero. So I think Joe Biden's doing the right thing. Step up, speak out, talk loud, be proud, and shove it down the Republicans' throat. This is something I've said all along that they need to do. They need to go on the offensive. Now that they've got them on the run, they've got to have a killer instinct. They've got to put them down permanently because they will climb on your back as soon as you turn it. And then the fight starts all over again. And everything you gained, you've lost now because you gave them a chance. They can't be given a fucking chance. That's the bottom line. So do you remember John Eastman? He is the lawyer who developed former President Donald Trump's strategy to overturn Joe Biden's presidential election victory. He appeared Wednesday before the Georgia grand jury investigating interference in the 2020 election. Bet you can't guess what he did. Eastman's lawyer, Charles Burnham and Harvey Silverglate, 
issued a statement saying that they advised him to refuse to answer questions under his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. The lawyer declined to reveal the substance of the questions posed. Well, of course, he he pled the Fifth on everything. He's probably going to be a target in the Georgia investigation. And if not there, he will certainly be a target in the DOJ investigation of the January 6th insurrection. By all indications, the district attorney's office has set itself on an unprecedented path of criminalizing controversial or disfavored legal theories, possibly in the hopes that the federal government will follow its lead, the statement said. Criminalization of unpopular legal theories is against every American tradition and would have ended the careers of John Adams, Ruth Ginsburg, Thurgood Marshall, and many other now-celebrated American lawyers. (laughs) You see what they're doing there? They're throwing a bunch of words, some gobbledygook, to confuse the situation. They really have no defense uh, regarding what happened. So they just throw out bullshit hoping to cause chaos. Unfortunately, this is too far along. It's not going to work this time. They kind of know it, but when they're backed in a corner, they're going to try everything they can, even though they know it probably won't work. Now, separately, Silverglate raised concerns that his client had become a target of the investigation, along with Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani and 16 others who served as alternate electors for Trump in the state in an attempt to void President Joe Biden's victory. See, that's where Eastman comes in. He was part and parcel to setting up this whole fake electors thing. Now, those people, those fake electors, are starting to get investigated. They are going to be indicted, and they are probably going to go to jail. Now, these fake electors are nobody. They're not big, famous politicians. They're average Joes down the street. How do you think they're going to feel about going to jail? Well, they better get used to it, because that's what's going to fucking happen. The reason is that the criminal prosecutors are able, in the jargon of my trade, able to indict a ham sandwich. Silverglate told USA Today in an email, criminal statutes are sufficiently broad and vague so that just about everyone has done something that arguably could be twisted to fit into some definition of crime. Really, that's how you're going to uh, set it up. So everybody's created a set of fake electors with an attempt to overthrow, overturn an election, overthrow our democracy. I'm sorry, but I I, I just don't agree with that. Not everybody does that. I think we can agree that attempting to overturn an election, a legal and fair election, and trying to overthrow their very own government, that's a little illegal, wouldn't you think? Now, of course, Donald Trump invoked the Fifth Amendment in New York, the civil probe. Eastman previously refused to answer questions at the House Committee investigating the Capitol attack on Jan 6, 2021, by citing the Fifth Amendment. You can expect the DOJ to call him up and testify, too, 
And it will be interesting to see if, if he does plead the fifth again. It's a much different situation when you're in front of a federal grand jury. A federal judge in California has already ruled Eastman and Trump more likely than not acted unlawfully in trying to overturn the election, but neither has been charged criminally as yet. Now, Donald Trump could be charged criminally with any number of things, but Eastman is still free. But I wouldn't get too cocky if I was him because he is no doubt going to be indicted either by the DOJ and the January 6th committee or the Georgia uh, court with uh, with uh, Fonnie Willis. Eastman's strategy called for the vice president, Mike Pence, in his role as president of the Senate to reject electors for Biden from seven contested states when Congress counted electoral college votes. Rejecting the votes would either hand the election to Trump or send it to the House of Representatives, where a majority of the Republican delegation could name Trump president. And, of course, as we know, Mike Pence refused to participate. Now, when I say he refused to participate, that's kind of a misnomer. He had no choice. He had no power to overturn the election and not count the electoral votes. He literally had no option. He went to a bunch of people around him, including former VP Dan Quayle, and said, how do I do this? And they all said the same thing. You can't. There is no legal possibility for you to do this. So let's not make Mike Pence a fucking hero for doing the right thing. He had no choice but to do the right thing. And when is it uh, something uh, where we have to laud a uh, politician to do the right thing. Isn't that why they're fucking there in the first place? Mike Pence is no hero. If he could have sided with Donald Trump and got Donald Trump what he wanted, he would have fucking done it in a minute. He was just in a position where it was not feasible to even attempt something like that. So it's going to be interesting with Eastman. You know, the funny thing about this 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 country now and this world now is that every day there's some new revelation of some something criminal that happened and we get laser focused on that. Well, on the side we've got Georgia, we've got the Manhattan District, we've got the DOJ, we've got the DOJ with the January sixth committee. Now we've got the top secret documents that Donald Trump stole. It's almost impossible to focus on all those things at once. It just happens to be whatever's the hot ticket in the uh, media where we focus our attentions. Eastman is not going to get away with shit. One way or another, he's going to be slammed with an indictment and probably go to jail. With these documents, as much as these people want to throw garbage in the air, hopefully hopefully to dilute the whole situation. Sorry, that's not going to work. We know he took the documents. We know he stole the documents. We know he lied about having the documents. And we know he had documents he had no business owning, in spite of the fact that he thinks everything is his, including these documents. Now, the former president can say whatever he wants, but the law is the law, and he's absolutely wrong. And he's fucked. He knows he's fucked. 
You've been ranting and raving on Truth Social. Just make me president or do a whole nother election over. I'm being cheated. We've heard this for two years. But at this point, nobody is fucking listening. Nobody cares. Donald Trump has no credibility left. He is an insurrectionist. He is a treasonist. And he's got all kinds of fucking problems coming his this way. It'll be interesting to see what this judge decides with regard to the special master. If she's smart, she'll say, yeah, we don't need to do that. But if she says we do need the special master, that doesn't mean they won shit. It's still going to go down the same way it went down. It just will be delayed a little longer. But in all honesty, if this judge makes that decision, she is almost guaranteed to lose all credibility as a judge. And if you have a judge that has no credibility, you don't have a judge at all. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit and listen. If you want to be on the show or if you just have a question, if you have an email you want to send me or you maybe want to be on the show, it's very simple. Just send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Ask the question. I'm going to read it on the air, and I'm going to do my best to answer it. If you want to be on the show, well, then we'll work out a time frame that works out best for both of us, and we'll get you on the show. We've had a lot of luck with listeners on the show, and I'm ready to do some more. I just got a note from somebody recently. Uh, It sounds like he or he and his wife are going to be on the show, so we'll be looking forward to that. All right, we hope you have a great day, and we will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.